What difference can a satellite really make to people's lives? It's really about bringing the third world to the level of where they've got a foothold to actually grow. What does that mean practically? It means a farmer can determine what crops to grow, what prices he's likely to get, what the weather's going to be doing for his crops, how does he have better access to markets. There is a direct correlation between communications access and the economic wealth of a, of a country. That's Stuart Sanders, one of the key figures in developing O3B Empower. And understanding the technology behind such a service is the focus of our episode today. The same technology connecting cargo vessels in the middle of the ocean. The same technology developing education systems in third world countries. And the same technology helping medics in remote corners of the earth save people's lives. Welcome to Satellite Stories. I'm your host, Christina Smith-Meyer. Many people have questioned, with so much new technology available now, whether satellite has a future. Our answer? Yes. And in fact, we're putting our money where our mouth is and continuing to invest in projects like O3BM Power. So far in previous episodes, We've mentioned some of the key terms used in the satellite industry, such as MEO, medium Earth orbit, and LEO, low Earth orbit. And in this episode, these are terms that Stuart, Executive Vice President of Technology and O3BM Power Program Manager, goes into much more detail about. To begin, Stuart filled me in on where the inspiration behind O3B first came about. O3B actually stands for the other three billion. And the whole concept was about connecting the, at the time, the other three billion that didn't have any meaningful means of connecting to the internet or data access. It's sad to say, I suspect the other three billion is probably the other four billion, but I think it speaks more to the fact that there's population growth. So it's still a challenge and we are very much about connecting the unconnected. The O3B concept was to be the first commercial user of the MEO orbit, the medium Earth orbit. So instead of operating as generally been the case, as the bulk, in fact, all of SES's business had been at uh, geostationary, where the satellite is effectively stationary when viewed from the, the Earth. It's a much higher orbit, 35,000 kilometers. Gives an enormous amount of reach, but it also has, because it's further from the Earth, a longer round trip delay. We went to MEO to reduce that round trip delay, which is referred to as latency, and to use a new frequency band that SES hadn't used very much, was KA band. The combination of those two meant that we could provide unseen before for the industry levels of connectivity in terms of throughput and low latency. Low latency does matter for a lot of applications, particularly data applications. And O3B's ability to leverage those two things, the MIA orbit, low latency, and KA band, high throughput, meant that we went from a standing start to the biggest data services provider in the Pacific, but also launching services globally, and the fastest growing satellite operator ever. And that's, as a company, that's what SES invested in and, and eventually decided to buy O3B, and it's now an integral part of SES. Yeah, I think it's clear that that need for connectivity is forever growing. I mean, if I was to think back, I think I've only been totally disconnected for maybe one week and that was when 
I went canoeing and camping in Canada and it was one week being disconnected, no notifications, no reach, you know, to the outside world, not, you know, able to talk to Google when I needed an answer. But I mean, it's a completely different world and I can't even imagine what it's like not to have connectivity. I mean, what's the longest you've gone without connectivity? In terms of thinking about it for holidays and, you know, (laughs) to me, connectivity is disconnecting from work. I can't remember the last time that happened, to be honest. (laughs) That's the reality of the modern world. It's a difficult thing to do for most people from the West. We take it for granted and we expect to have that connectivity. But the reality is that it isn't just about giving the unconnected, if you will, the the underdeveloped countries connection to Netflix. There is a direct correlation between communications access and the economy growth, the economic wealth of a a country. So it's really about bringing the third world to the level of where they've got a foothold to actually grow. What does that mean practically? It means a farmer can determine what crops to grow, what prices he's likely to get, what what the weather's going to be doing for his crops, how does he have better access to markets, education, health access. These are meaningful things. At O3B, we hear anecdotal stories about our staff having connected islands in the Pacific where staff are walking down the street after doing the the installations. And the stories got out about what O3B connectivity is meant for. It's meant the difference between youngsters leaving the island for further education and probably never coming back because they they can't get access to the kind of things that they, they take for granted and want to have. And it may sound crass, but that's kind of reality. Staff have been hugged by the parents of these people to say, you know, you're the difference between our kids leaving the island and never coming back. But we're also giving boost to tourism. We're giving boost to health. And that makes it real, you know, really gives you an idea of what you're doing. It's great to work in an industry that has a meaningful benefit to the globe. You've already mentioned a couple stories about how this really makes a difference to people's lives. If you could share one story that has humbled you the most, what would that be? I think it's really important that you understand, for me, it, it really starts and ends with the customers and what we're doing for the customers. And one of the one of the best things for me, and I've been involved in customer support with, with SES for many, many years, but there's one particular one that stands out, and this a gentleman by the name of Fliffy Odendahl, he doesn't mind me using his name specifically, but he's running a business in South Sudan, which you can imagine is quite a challenged environment. Mm-hmm. And we have a an annual sales kickoff in January where we bring the sales teams and the support teams together and distinctly remember that he came in not too long after we'd first connected him and he was describing his business and the challenges. And this is a country which has you know gone through a lot of upheaval and at times many of his competitor ISPs have had to shut down and leave. He, he himself may have occasionally had to leave the country. He's had trouble getting hold of fuel for the diesel generators because it's being watered down. Staff can't turn up because there's rioting on the streets. And yet he keeps plugging away. So you start to now understand how important what we're doing for him or trying to do for him has, has become. And he gave us this impassioned speech about how challenging his business was and said, you know, O3B has been a game changer for him and his ability to provide service. But at the time, it wasn't always reliable. And, you know, inevitably a startup company, we had a lot of new technology going in the field with a lot of challenges. And 
it was a real call to arms for the team. And there were tears in our eyes listening to his story. And then to hear that at the end, that guys, as good as it is, it needs to be better. That was a real call to arms. And we took it on the chin. And, uh, you know, he came back for the, the next meeting and he said, I just want to thank you because all the efforts you've put in, they've solved those problems. And this, this is what I'd hoped it would be. And uh, that you can't buy that. He's never going to be the biggest customer we're going to have. It's not going to be the difference between SES being successful or not. We may be the difference between him being successful or not. And that's important to understand. They're uh, weather vanes for, for the business and what we're doing. And, and to, to be able to reach out and understand, you know, to hear their voice, the voice of the customer, how do you think we're doing? Are we doing a good job? And for them to be, be able to give frank feedback that they know will be acted upon, that's important. And, and it really brings it home. And it, it, it's, you know, we still, we're still in regular t- contact with him when he's in, in The Hague. I can think of many other ways to make a fruitful living that are a lot less challenging, but he's, you know, come what may, he's back there pushing it. If we look to the future then, we've got O3B in power on the horizon. What exactly is it going to bring to the table? Is it fair to say that it's something completely new that we're bringing to market? Has it ever been done before? No, I don't think it has been done before. We're leveraging what we've already built with O3B, which is the, the Mio Constellation, but we're doubling down. The challenge was to do what we're already doing, but to do it better, more flexibility, lower cost, higher throughput, and scale, scale, scale it up significantly. If you look at the design of the current O3B satellites, they provide 10 user beams per satellite. And five of those user beams go back to one gateway beam, five to another gateway beam. And that's been fantastic for the industry. We've provided high throughput, low latency connectivity in a way that's never been done before. And we want to do more of that, but we also want to provide more flexibility. We want to be able to give the customer the option of not just going back to the gateway that we're defining, but going to another gateway as well, or going to another user beam as well. And to be able to manage that dynamically so that they're not forced into one construct for the duration of the contract, that they can change that as needed And that's exactly what we're building. So we have now satellites, seven initially, that will be in the same orbit, adjacent to the existing constellation. Each of those satellites, instead of providing 10 user beams, will provide up to 5,000, just over 5,000 user beams per satellite. And that's because we, we are bringing to the market with Boeing, the satellite manufacturer, for the first time, a fully digitized payload coupled with full beam forming phased array. Now, this stuff isn't just coming off the shelf. It's got heritage from various programs that Boeing have been involved in, but they're the leader. That's why we've bought into this. We said, these are the challenges we're trying to solve and asked the vendors to give us their best shot to solve it. And we had very different responses that required a lot of work on our part to to compare the, the various attributes because they were very different. And we determined that Boeing was the best choice there is some development work with Boeing which is why it's taking you know a few years to to build these things and getting into orbit but we're convinced this is going to be game changing for us it will provide many many more user endpoints it will improve the link budgets it will provide much more connectivity it will lower the cost per bit 
scale, scale, scale. We will serve the existing business segments better than we've been able to do before because there's more there's more flexibility, but we'll also be able to close business cases we haven't been able to close, provide many, many more user beams and really serve some of the segments that we haven't had the capacity to serve in the past. So that's why I think it's going to be game changing. Right. And so it's obvious the benefits that our customers are going to get. But then if we go all the way to the end user, what does that what does that mean for them exactly? So one of the important things about when we talk about O3BM power is it's not just about the seven satellites. In fact, we, we quite often use the term O3BM power ecosystem. What we're planning to bring to the table is not just seven MEO satellites. It's a ecosystem that combines those sat- seven satellites with the existing MEO constellation, with the geo constellation, and with a terrestrial component. So what we're bringing to the end user is ultimately that they can move their data across SES's infrastructure according to its needs so that each packet of data can find its its best means of being delivered, whether it's through reach of the geo, whether it's through low latency, high throughput of the MEO, and even where it makes sense for terrestrial services. And you may say, well, why the heck would you enable terrestrial services? Isn't that you know disabling your core core business infrastructure? Again, we're not just about satellite operations anymore. We're about provision of network services. We understand completely that that has to be, the terrestrial component has to be part of this solution. And you've been traveling all around the world recently doing workshops focusing on O3B and Power. What kind of questions are you getting from our customers or or thoughts? Are, Are they excited? You can see, you know, the cloud coming off the sun a little bit in terms of understanding what it is we're bringing, that it isn't just about the satellites. And you can see that in the nature of the questions. Initially, it's just, yeah, 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 okay, how much does the end terminal cost? We're still figuring out the many, many use cases that we, we, we can support with this, which is great. I mean, we're really buying into technology that is evolving and our understanding is evolving as we go forward. And the important point is very adaptable. And we also have flexibility in the data flow. So a lot of GeoHTS satellites, high throughput satellites today are highly optimized for particular types of, of delivery for residential broadband. Generally, people are sitting at home pulling a lot of data, surfing YouTube or, or Netflix. They're not pushing a lot of data. They're not sending mm-hmm. a lot of data back. That model may well change. Mm-hmm. We as individuals are generating more and more data. But we also have market segments we know don't don't work that way. So we have the complete ability today with the current uh, MEO system and certainly with O3BM power that that forward to return ratio with forward data going to the end customer return coming from the end customer can be flexible so that we can serve markets such as uh, drones, ISRs that produce a lot of data. Cruise ship, interestingly, actually produces a lot of data when people are uploading videos at the end of the day having come back off their, their tour of whichever city they're in and other applications. We can support those flexibly and really tailor the solution to the customer. It's really, really exciting to, to, uh, to having tapped into that at the moment. There's, um, there's a lot of innovation going on in our industry right now, and there's actually a lot of talk about LEO satellite constellations. Um, Virgin and Airbus, they're looking to launch. Um, OneWeb, SpaceX are looking to launch Starlink. And LEO satellite constellations, they're only about 2,000 kilometers away from the Earth's surface, right? Which means high bandwidth, low latency, so faster and quicker 
stronger internet connectivity, right? Are these the types of questions that you're getting from people during these workshops? Why are we not investing in Leo? We've looked at it in great detail and we're not convinced that it's the right solution for us. In fact, we're convinced it isn't the right solution for us. We think a Mio Geo play is a better play. And the reason for that is that Leo constellations by nature are capex inefficient. To cover the kind of, to provide the kind of coverage they're trying to provide, you're having to launch six, seven, eight hundred, two thousand, whatever number of satellites it, it is. Any one of those satellites at any given time may be carrying traffic, but a lot of them aren't. And that means there is an inefficiency. And in some of the constellations, the best coverage you will get in terms of satellite availability is over the poles. Well, that's one of the least consumptive areas for, for capacity. So it might be a, one or two people wanting to watch Netflix up there. <laughs> exactly, but it's not a good good case or business case. And there's also I've asked the customers to really think about is the latency story actually achievable? Because if you think about it, yes, one hundred percent, the lower the orbit, the lower the round trip latency. But if that satellite is in Leo, for many areas it's going to be so low to the earth that it cannot see a gateway particularly over maritime areas or some remote areas. Or the flip side of that is where they can, they have to flood the Earth with gateways in order to connect that satellite back to the outside world. That many gateways is, a, is another capex inefficiency. So what we've always said is we believe there is a sweet spot for latency. Within that sweet spot, you can deliver that latency. As you move outside of it, you're either at higher orbit, so it's, the low latency isn't there, or you're at too low an orbit to actually deliver the benefit of that latency. Mm -hmm. We 100% believe that the Mio constellation is smack in the middle of that sweet spot. And if you combine the Mio constellation that we were developing with the existing SES and continuing develop Geo constellation, which we will continue to develop as a data service provision, the combination of those two, the reach and the high throughput, low latency, we think that's a killer solution. It's differentiated. We're the only ones doing it by definition because we're the only ones at Mio. And that's fundamentally why we're not investing in Leo because we don't need to. Uh, we don't think it's the right solution for us. And we've got a better solution in the combination of what we have. So if you were in an elevator and you were going from the bottom floor to the top floor and you had, let's say, 45 seconds to explain what O3B and Power will offer, what would it be? Uh, Fiber-like connectivity, flexibility that you haven't seen before, reach ability to deliver services very, very quickly. For those that know the O3B system today, lower cost terminals than we've previously been able to provide and get involved. If you get involved now, <laughs> you can help define it. Yeah, it sounds uh, like a no-brainer, right? <laughs> it sounds like a no-brainer, yeah. All right, Stuart, thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed our conversation and I'll really look forward to hearing more about O3B and Power in your upcoming workshops and webinars and whatnot. Great, really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Next time on Satellite Stories, we bought a cruise ship. It was a huge transformation and opened up people's eyes that you could have a multi-hundred gigabit service to a ship and that would be something stable and functional throughout the voyage. More stories from the maritime industry in our final installment of O3B Empower. Subscribe to this podcast so you're notified the moment our next episode is available. And for more about what we do, visit ses.com. <laughs>